Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's good to have you here. I just want to let you know that my name is Chris. If you haven't met me yet, I'm so glad to be here and be speaking to you this morning. We have been going through the Apostles' Creed and talking about how that ancient creed, that statement of faith, sort of informs our faith today. And we've been talking about how we, how we believe in the Father and how we believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son. And today we are going to focus on the Holy Spirit. And there is so much that I could talk to you about the Holy Spirit, but with the limited time that I have this morning, I'm going to focus on one aspect of the Holy Spirit, and that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives alone, in our lives collectively, as His body, as His people. And so I want you to hear this morning words from John 14, verse 15. And it says this, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and lives and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then a little bit farther down, it says in verse 25, it says, All this I have spoken while still being with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning I want to start out with a story. A story about a man named Ira Yates, and he lived back in the 1920s. This is a real story, not just a preacher story that sounds good, but maybe the facts are a little bit off. I know the facts are on on this one because I checked it out. And so, Mr. Ira Yates lived in West Texas. He was a sheep farmer with his wife. And they lived on some land out there in West Texas. He ran a ranching operation, and he was struggling. He couldn't pay his mortgage. He wasn't able to pay his bills. And he was just in danger of losing the ranch. He had little money, not enough not enough money for food or clothes and was just struggling and he was living on government subsidy and day after day he worried and wondered and he was grazing his sheep on the west texas hills and one day a a seismographic crew from an oil company came and they came into the area and told him that there might be oil on his land and they asked him permission to drill so he signed a contract with them At a thousand feet, they struck a huge oil reserve. The first well came in at 80,000 barrels a day. They found many, many, many more wells. I checked it out. This well is still pumping. So far out of these wells that have come out of this Yates oil feed, you can check it out on Google, so far they've taken more than two billion barrels of oil out of this find. 
this huge area in West Texas. And there's still like a billion left. Now I want to ask you a question. If you'd been Mr. Yates and been struggling day in and day out, and then you realize that this thing that you owned, that you had rights to, that was in your possession, that you lived on day in and day out, came through, wouldn't you be like, man, I can't believe I missed it. I can't believe I was totally unaware of this huge resource that was at my disposal. And I'm sure his life completely changed. And it's changed that area forever. It still funds a lot of things that happen in that area. And what I want to talk to you today is about this. Is that I think we, meaning us, you and I, live today with the same kind of ignorance about the Holy Spirit. You see, many of us Christians live like in kind of spiritual poverty or just barely getting by when we're entitled to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are ours. They are promised to us. Jesus promises to give us the Spirit and not have just the Spirit with us, but the Spirit in us. And many of us live our lives day in and day out not aware of the Spirit that resides in us, that has taken up residence in us. And so today, I want to invite us to tap into the resources that you and I already have in the Spirit to make it real in our own life. You see, you and I have been given the power of the Spirit. And today, I want us to focus on the fact that the Holy Spirit is God's power. You see, we're not left on our own to slug it out in the trenches of life. Life is, in the present, is intended to be empowered by God who dwells among us and in us. And as the personal presence of God, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is not merely some force, like in Star Wars, let the force be with you. The Holy Spirit is a person, and it's the living God. It's the presence of God. It's the power of God by the Spirit living with us and in us. The Spirit gives us strength that we need day to day. The wisdom that we need to have to cope with life on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit has been sent by the Father to assist you, to assist me, in all the practical matters of the Christian faith. The Holy Spirit is our number one helper. And what I want you to realize this morning is there's three things that I want you to talk about that I want you to realize from the Holy Spirit, what it wants to do. The Spirit does lots of things, but I want to talk about what the Spirit wants to do in in my life. And the first thing is I want you to know that the Spirit has come to assure us, to assure you, to assure me of our standing. The Spirit wants to tell you this. He wants to remind you that you are God's child. It says in our passage, when Jesus is leaving and telling him, hey, it's really good news that I'm leaving you disciples. It's really good news because the Holy Spirit's coming and he can be with you and he can be in you. And Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus wants us to know that the Spirit has been placed in our lives to testify that we are God's children. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have responded to His grace, if you have opened your life to Him as your Lord and Savior, if you are trying to center your life and respond to all that God is doing, then you have the Holy Spirit. And what it says in Romans chapter 8 is this, 
It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves again so that you will live in fear. Rather, the Spirit that you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are what? We are God's children. Isn't that good news? The Spirit lives in you to remind you, to confirm in you, to let you know you're God's child. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm here, it's easier to feel like I'm maybe part of God's family. But when I get out in the world, sometimes I face challenges. I face struggles. Sometimes of my own doing. Sometimes just with what the world's bringing me. And it's easy to wonder, man, is God still working? In my life, is it still true? And what you should know is, is that if you have responded to Jesus, that the Spirit testifies with your spirit that you are God's child. In Ephesians 1, it says this. It says, In him you also, when you heard the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit in this passage is talked about like a deposit. Like when you go to buy a house someday, when you get enough money and pay off all your school debt, when you go to buy a house, you're going to put a deposit down on that house. And they ask for the deposit because it's saying, hey, I'm really serious. I'm going to buy this house, and whether it's 20% down or 30% down or 40% down, you got to put that money down, and that's like your initial payment, and then you know, hey, I'm going to pay it off until the end. Jesus says, hey, I've given you the Spirit, and that Spirit is a down payment of what's going to happen, because when God looks at you, He sees the Holy Spirit within you, and the Holy Spirit is the reminder that God's promised to finish what He's begun in you, that you are not your own that you belong to someone else, that that deposit has claimed you as God's child. Hear this this morning. You are God's child. Even if there are things going on in your life that need to change and you're wondering if it's really going to happen, you can be sure this morning that you belong to God. So God wants to assure us that we're his children. Second thing is this, that God wants to transform our life. The Holy Spirit transforms us. You see, I don't know about you, but there's the reality that as I try and understand things, sometimes I don't always get it. I don't always get what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I don't always get what it means how God's meant for me to live in the world. But the reality is, is that the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in my life and in your life and the Holy Spirit is the thing that activates God's power in your life. It makes it real. It takes this knowledge of this book and opens it up so that this book, these words, can speak to your heart and speak to your lives. It, when we celebrate communion, it can take, the Holy Spirit can take ordinary juice or wine or ordinary bread and use that and transform it to communicate God's grace and God's presence to us in communion. It activates God's power. And this morning I brought something I want to demonstrate. You see, 
I want you to imagine that this is your life, and in your life, there's stuff that you know, there's stuff that you know, but, you know, it's not really acting out. But when you pour in, imagine this is the Holy Spirit, you pour it in, and there's like, it activates. What I don't know if that's going to stop, but <laughs> you get the idea that when you add in this vinegar, it explodes and the baking soda forms this reaction. I want you to know when you add in, when you open your life to the Holy Spirit, things change. See, in Scripture, in Romans 12, it says, let yourselves be transformed by what God's doing in your life. Let yourself be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what I want you to hear this morning is that God wants to transform your life, that you can be changed, you can be different, you can be set free. You can cooperate with the Holy Spirit's activity in your life. You see, E. Stanley Jones said this. He said, unless the Holy Spirit fills, our human spirit fails. But what I want you to know this morning is that once you've received Christ into your life, a wonderful plan of transformation has been set into action. And you have a new resident, which I talked about, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's agenda, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, for all of your life, is to help you experience total transformation. Through God's Word, through other people, through leadings, through experience, through trials, through whatever, the Holy Spirit wants to transform you. And the idea is, is that you're acted upon by what the Spirit's doing in your life. It's like, let yourself be transformed. Not transform yourself. Let yourself be transformed by the Spirit. It's like a caterpillar and a butterfly. A caterpillar doesn't walk around and say, hey, how am I going to get off of this limb and form a cocoon and become a butterfly? It's happening by the forces of nature that are acting on that is happening to the butterf to the caterpillar to become a butterfly and i want you to know that god's spirit is acting in you to change you to transform you into something that you never could be on your own you see it's not that you have to figure out what things need to change about your life the holy spirit will raise them up one by one and your job is to cooperate to just say yes to say yes and cooperate with the Spirit, to agree. It says in the message, to readily recognize what God wants from you and quickly respond to it. Christianity is all about surrendering to a presence and cooperating with that presence and what it wants to do in your life. C.S. Lewis says this, he says, where is God taking us? Where, where does God want to take us as he's transforming our life? And it says this, you must realize from the outset that the goal to which he is beginning to guide your life is absolute perfection. No power in the universe except you, yourself, can prevent the Holy Spirit from taking you to that goal. We might be content to remain what we call ordinary, but the Holy Spirit is determined to carry out quite a different plan.
You see, on our own, we don't have any power to live out the Christian life. We're dead. But the Holy Spirit can supply the power that we need not only to hear God's call, but to heed it, to really live it out, to make it real by the power. And our job is to cooperate with what the Spirit wants to do. So I've talked about that the Spirit wants to assure us that we're God's children. The Spirit wants to transform us and to be what we can never be on our own. And the third thing is that the Spirit wants to guide us. You see, the Spirit is God's power. That thing within us, God invites us to walk in the Spirit. You see, in our passage it says that the Holy Spirit is a gift from the Father. The paraclete, the counselor, the comforter, the Greek word in our text has a rich meaning. It means one who comes alongside. In one way, it was like someone who argued your case in court. Someone who argued and stood up for you and was your advocate. That's what the Spirit does. The Spirit advocates for us to the Father. The Spirit pleads our case and presents us as holy before the Father. But the comforter, the paraclete, is also our comforter. And he comes alongside us with strength. He is the tenderest support, source of support for the wounded, for the defeated, for those of us who are grief-stricken. The Holy Spirit comes to give us strength and assistance for the battle. You see, the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to sustain us. His role is to be our advocate, speaking to the Father when we don't have the words. Remember in Romans 8 it says, the Spirit will intercede for us when we don't know how to pray with groanings that we can't even express. The Spirit says he'll be our teacher, exposing the Word of God and helping us to hear his voice. The Spirit says he'll be our guide to come alongside us in the difficult moments of life. The Spirit is the voice of God. It is the voice that convicts us of sin and brings us to the place of confession. It's the voice that speaks into our darkness, of our grief and our pain. It's the voice of encouragement when we're down. It's the voice of clarity when we struggle with life decisions and don't know what to do. The Spirit will lead us. It's the Spirit that's the voice that opens God's Word to us and makes it real. In Galatians 5.25 it says this, it says, since we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. And so my invitation to you and to me today is this. Is that as we go through the day, as we live out our lives, to open ourselves to the Spirit. To open ourselves to the reality of the Spirit working in us and the Spirit working through us. That the Spirit has this incredible power that He wants to unleash in our lives and we can increase our awareness of what God already is doing in our lives by saying something like, Speak, Lord. I'm listening. What do you want me to do? It's just like Eli in the Old Testament, the little boy who was hearing God speak, and he kept going to, to the priest and saying, Hey, are you talking to me? He says, No, the Spirit's talking to you. When you're there, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. What I want you to do today, and as you leave here, and as you speak this, as you live out your faith this week, I want you to think about, hey, how can I open myself up and say to God 
Lord, here I am. Speak. Your servant's listening. Will you try it out as an experiment this week? Thoughts will come to you. There'll be promptings, maybe to serve a friend, maybe to confess a sin, maybe to share your faith with somebody in what you know around campus, maybe to give resources to somebody who's in need, or maybe for some of you right now, that nudge is to give your life to Jesus, to surrender to this thing, to allow him to be your friend, to be your guide. Will you open up and allow yourself to, for this spirit to give you the power and the strength to be what God is creating you to be by his power and by his strength? Will you pray with me, please? Holy Spirit. Help us to realize the incredible power, the incredible truth, the incredible strength that you are. And we are amazed that you would even think to take up residence in our lives, in our bodies, in our reality. And we pray today that your spirit would make us aware of all that you want to do in all you want to do through us this day, this year, in our lives. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would confirm in us our sonship, our daughtership, that we are your children. Transform us from the things that we need to be set free from. And Lord, will you guide us in our lives of faith by your strength and by your power. Lord, we pray that your spirit would fall on us in a fresh way. We pray it in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit.